Good morning, and welcome in the name of Jesus. Today is the final Sunday of Advent. It's Advent 4. And uh, if you brought your Bible today, or you have your Bible on your phone, open it to chapter 15 of the book of Exodus, because we're going to take a walk through that on the sermon this morning. And uh, look at, look at a, a bunch of different verses. So that'll be chapter 15. It's our Old Testament lesson for this morning. Um, and as always, we're, we are... Happy that you're all here this morning. Happy for those that are watching us online. Pray that as you hear the, the gospel of Christ uh, said through our liturgy back and forth, through the songs and the hymns that we sing this morning, uh, through all the readings, through the Lord's Supper, hopefully through the sermon too, your faith, faith is strengthened and it prepares you to celebrate um, what happens next Sunday, which is actually Christmas morning. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that after service. So. Um, so let's, let's begin, let's rise and, and sing our opening hymn, The King Shall Come When Morning Dawns. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We light the fourth candle on the Advent wreath as we draw near to the celebration of Jesus' birth. The Christ child came in power, but his power was hidden in weakness. The little child who was wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger in Bethlehem is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The power of God to save is revealed in Christ Jesus, in his humble manger bed, in his weakness and suffering on the cross, and in the empty tomb on the day of his resurrection. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, 
But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Let us confess our sins to God and ask his forgiveness. Almighty God. God has had mercy on us. He has sent his son to be our savior. In weakness, the son of God, Jesus our Lord, died on the cross for us. In power, he rose from the dead in triumph over sin and the devil. I announce to you that your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing Everlasting God.
Let us pray. Almighty God, at the right time, you sent your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. Coming in power to save, our Lord was born in Bethlehem and laid in a humble manger. His mighty power was hidden in the weakness and suffering of his death on the cross and revealed in his triumph resurrection. He has rescued us from sin, death, and the devil. In the power of the Holy Spirit, lead us to follow Jesus and walk in his ways. Help us to be bold witnesses to his love and saving power so that others will come to know and worship him as Lord. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Please be seated. Reverend Children's this morning, I'd like to come to the children's message. Let us sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Good morning. The Old Testament reading this morning is from Exodus, chapter 15, verses 1 through 18. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphant gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea, and his chosen, and his chosen officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples have heard, they tremble. Hangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab, and all the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. Because of the greatness of your arm, they are still as a stone. Till your people, O Lord, pass by, till the people pass by whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. The place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established, the Lord will reign forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading is from Galatians chapter 4. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the third chapter. Glory to you, Lord. As the people were in expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water. 
But he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We sing, Is He Worthy? Thank you. 
Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, if you have your Bibles with you or your Bible on your phone, uh, open it up to Exodus chapter 15, our Old Testament for today, as we take a little bit of a walk through our Old Testament text. But I want to begin with a story, and it has to do with me. Long, long time ago, um, when I was in high school, I s- swam on the, the high school water polo team, and uh, we, as we did every year, had, our, had to play our arch rival, which was South City High. And so uh, one memory I have, and it may be the only one with, with regards to South City High, is that we actually beat them at water polo. And it was an away game. We beat them in their own stadium or their own pool, as it would be. And on the way home, we just simply rocked the bus with our cheers as we celebrated our victory. And we just had to sing. And so we sang over and over again our school song from the, the top of our lungs um, because of the victory we had won. We had defeated our arch rival, um, South City High, and we were feeling our own skillfulness and our own talents, and we were on top of the world. We, we shared the twists and the turns of our, of our match um, that ended in victory. And each of us that night could have sang the words of, uh, from the chorus of the song by Queen known as, called We Are the Champions, um, And some of you may know these words, and I won't sing it to you. I'll just read it to you. I could probably sing it because we are the champions, my friends, and we'll keep on fighting till the end. Oh, we are the champions. We are the champions. No time for losers because we are the champions. And that's stories and and this song, which was a major, major hit, tells us about a kind of victory song self-focused, in our case, maybe a little bit of team-focused, which considers all the work put into winning as well as all the personal achievement of each one of us who was in the pool that day. We are the champion. I am the champion. Personal and team victories are often accompanied by song. And arching over the life of every Christian is the great sacred story of the mighty acts of our God. The sacred story is highlighted by the display of power and strength which mark God's victories over God's enemies. And with those victories of God are the songs of God that people sang in response to the victory. The victory songs in the Bible are not rich with personal bravado or chest-pounding strength. They're not even celebration of nations like national anthems. Rather, these victory songs simply celebrate God, of who God is and what God does. And the very first song in the Bible that appears um, is our text in Exodus 15. The song is sometimes called the Song of Moses, Song of Moses, There happens to be another song of Moses, and that's in Deuteronomy 34. Um, This one, though, was sung not long. The first one was sung, excuse me. The second one, the one in Deuteronomy, was was sung just before Moses died. This one, the one in Exodus 15, was sung when the Israelites ended up on dry ground. 
And you might remember the story of the Israelites. They were in, in um, slavery for quite some time. They cried out and cried out. God finally answered their cry with, follow Moses out of captivity and into the desert. And they came to the Red Sea. And the Red Sea is prevented them from crossing. And yet God had another idea. And his idea was, let's split this water. And then said, go walk with walls of water on your side. Place yourself there for a moment. What would you have done? I'm not sure I would have followed the leader myself, but the Israelites did. And they walked across and got to the other side. And when they got to the other side, God closed the water on top of Pharaoh's army that was chasing the Israelites. And from that point comes the first song in Exodus 15, the song of the sea, or by the sea. And, um, and so picture this, two millions or so Israelites standing on the other side of the Red Sea, lifting up their voices in song. I imagine if there were any of Pharaoh's men left, that in itself might have terrified them. So there Moses and the people are. And uh, about to sing. So you all have your Bibles open? Anybody need a Bible? We have Bibles back there if you need a Bible to follow along. So a first question that I want, I want to ask is, is what this song does. It answers the question, who is the Lord? So if you look at verse 2, Lucifer says, the Lord is my strength and my song. Who is the Lord? Verse 2 also says, he has become my salvation. Let's ask the question again, who is the Lord? If you jump down to verse 6, verse 6 says, Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Again, who is the Lord? Verse 11, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds. Who is the Lord? That continues in verse 13. He says, You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength. So who is our Lord? Strength, power, majesty, holiness, glory, and steadfast love. That characterizes the Lord. That's who the Lord is. The song of the sea is a celebration of the character and the attributes of the Lord at work in a pivotal moment in our sacred history. What's more, the song sees the victory of the exodus from Egypt as all God's doing, not man's. So what has the Lord done? Let's go back to our text. Verse 2 says, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea, referencing to Pharaoh's men. Verse 10 says, you blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. And verse 12, you stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. The uh, last stanza of the psalm, this is called the psalm actually in the middle of here, uh, verses 13 to 18, looks ahead to the Lord's next victories as Israel faces the nation's lined up against them. It talks about Philistia, Moab, Edom, and Canaan, written in the present tense as if the future has already come in on them. The Israelites sing of their enemies, 
fear and ultimate defeat at the hand of God. They are still as a stone till your people, O Lord, pass by whom you have purchased. Verse 16. So if you're counting, the exodus from Egypt gives us three different Passovers accomplished by God. The Passover, if you remember, of the angel of death, saving Israel's firstborn. The Passover of Israel on dry ground through the Red Sea. And the Passover of Israel's enemies as the Lord defeats them in battle. The poetic parallelism is, I think, it's striking. Just as the Egyptians sank like a stone, verse 5, so the Canaanites will become still like a stone, verse 16. See, I've got to jump and connect all this together. So all of that leads to, I think, to the confident affirmation of the very final verse of our text, verse 18. The Lord will reign forever and ever. In the verses that follow, Miriam, the sister of Moses, and Aaron sings the chorus of the songs by the sea. And they're accompanied by, you ready for this? Women dancing and tamarines playing. And verse 21 says, sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. Today we recall that liturgical dance as they glorify God with their dance. In the great grand sacred story that hovers over our personal stories, the pattern is continually repeated. God acts in strength, and God's people respond with song. And echoing this song is another song by the sea. And this one's at the other end of the Bible. This is, by chance, happens to be chapter 15 of the book of Revelation. Or maybe by God's doing. And there John sees a sea of glass. And he calls the song he hears the song of Moses, the servant God, and the song of the Lamb. Verses 2 and 3. And then in verse 3, it is sung to those who have seen God defeat the beast. And they sing, great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God, the Almighty. If ever there was a season when you and I sing the victory songs of the Lord, it is the Advent Christmas season. We hear the ancient song of Isaiah. We hear the song of Zechariah. We hear the song of the angels over Bethlehem. We hear the song of Simeon in the temple. Unforgettable is the song of Mary, the mother of our Lord. In Luke 1, the song that, that we call Magnificat, taking its name from Mary's first word, my soul magnifies the Lord. In her song, too, the mighty power of the Lord is celebrated. She sings in verse 49 of chapter 1 of Luke, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. For Mary being chosen by God to give birth miraculously to the promised Messiah, again was a result of God's mighty power. In the great sacred story, God sends his only son to suffer, to die, and to rise to life again for you and for me and for the world. God defeats our ultimate enemies, sin, death, and Satan. The Lord rescues you and me and even our world. 
And the Lord frees us. And when you and I sing our hearts out, it's not enough to simply talk about God's power and victory. We have to sing. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, you can be stronger than that. (laughs) I'll make you sing it pretty soon, if not. If you and I look in faith, we will see the mighty acts of God around us, not just in the big sacred stories of the Bible, but also in your own personal story and mine. We face sickness and loneliness and conflict, and the Lord gives us victory. When we are weak, the Lord powerfully lifts us. When we falter, we can still sing as sung in Exodus 15, verse 2, the Lord is my strength and my song. No wonder we sing. No wonder the church sings. Our songs are our witnesses to the power of God, still working wonders among us today, even here in Redding, California. So a man in his 70s explained this on a new member Sunday at his church. They asked him why he decided to join the church. And this is his response. For 40 years, I walked by this church, and I would hear the people inside singing. I listened to them sing about the greatness of their God. I listened to them sing for a very, very long time. And one day, I finally decided to walk in and join the song. He was welcomed into the church wearing a choir robe. And so you and I sing, O holy child of Bethlehem, be born in us today. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, may indeed your Son, the holy child of Bethlehem, be born in each one of us today. And may we always raise our voices in song. So maybe somebody walking by our church will walk in because he hears your message through the songs we sing. And we too welcome him into the church, handing him a choir robe. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please rise and let's together recite our faith in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Let us pray. 
Lord and Savior, look in mercy on, on those who suffer from illness, grief, and loneliness. And especially today, uh, we lift up to you Vince, who's at home recovering successfully from surgery. Um, also, Linda, who still struggles with the flu. Um, Barbara, who is undergoing chemotherapy um, for cancer. And Jim Bowerman, who's in hospice care, uh, Lord, and as he nears the end of his days on earth. Strengthen them in faith and comfort them according to the promises of your word. By your mighty power, bring them healing according to your will. Holy child of Bethlehem. Lord and Savior, you sent John the Baptist to prepare the way before you. Through a baptism of repentance, the people were made ready to welcome you, their Messiah and Lord, holy child of Bethlehem. Lord and Savior, you brought Israel safely across the Red Sea and in, in glorious triumph defeated their enemies. Through your mighty power, hidden in your suffering and death and revealed in your resurrection, you defeated sin, death, and the devil for us, holy child of Bethlehem. Holy Savior, Lord of might and power, hear our prayers and accept our praise. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, Lord our God. For you have not only promised us eternal life with you, but have also bestowed on us the gift of faith by which we can trust that by his death and resurrection, your son has fulfilled all your promises, opening heaven to all who call on him for mercy and forgiveness. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink, this is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, The 
peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated.
Please rise. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. We sing the first four verses of Let the Earth Now Praise the Lord. Amen. Please be seated. We have announcements this morning. Dave? Good morning. I heard your voices. I know you can sing. At 12 today, we're going to go caroling. There's about five different locations. Anybody wants to join us, you can, which is about an hour and 15 minutes after Bible class. Um, there are people I've contacted are excited about us coming. So bring our voices. Still time to plan to do it. Probably about three hours at the most. Thank you. Thank you, Merle. I have a couple things for you. So first of all, I'll start with, um, had a few people ask, when are we going to have a voters meeting? Well, we're going to have one, and it's going to be Sunday, January the 15th. This just allowed us a little bit of time to do some extra work on our budget and to have a 
copy ready for you. Our goal will be to have that for you two weeks in advance. You'll be able to pick it up in the back. And just as a reminder, as you get a chance to review that, is feel free to reach out to, make sure I get everybody, Merle, Jason, Doreen, or myself, if you have any questions or you have anything maybe that we can get answered or prepared to answer for that voters meeting. That way it'll make it a little smoother as we go into the meeting that day and hopefully we can cover everything with you and answer questions. Um, also, uh, in the coffee shop, just posted a new flower chart for this next year. So, and it's all dated with all the Sundays. So please, if you get a chance, you have a special event, special occasion, please sign up on that flower chart. And what we ask for, if you can, is $25 uh, that will go to the dedicated account for the flowers. And then last script, it's going to be our last opportunity. We will be able to get in another script order either this afternoon or tomorrow, and we would receive those cards by this Thursday at the latest. Sometimes it gets in here on Wednesday. I will be in the church office, and if you want to stop by, if you have some orders, we do have script on hand, but if there's something we don't have, we'll get it ordered for you. I think that's about it. So God bless your Sunday. Thank you, Dave. Anybody else? All right. Um, so again, I want to thank all those who worked on the Christmas pageant for our children and the Christmas dinner last week, um, and all those who have been working in preparation for this coming week. So here's, here's our celebration schedule, if you will. Wednesday is our final midweek uh, soup supper um, for Advent and our final midweek Advent worship service. At, so there's supper's at 5.30, the dinner's at 7.00. Excuse me, the other way around. Dinner is at 5.30. The worship is at 7. I wanted two meals that day, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, so come, and you'll get your final list of questions as well as your final project to take home and work on as we get one step closer to celebrating the birth of Christ, which will begin that process, if you will, on Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Saturday is Christmas Eve, so that'll be our candlelight worship service. Um, Come early, and uh, we'll have some carols uh, to start off our service. We have a, a couple of uh, individual solos to be uh, shared with us also, um, and just a, a wonderful time as we build up and celebrate the birth of Christ. There will not be communion at our Christmas Eve worship service. And then Sunday is Christmas morning, and, at, and so we're changing our Sunday morning time for Christmas morning to 10 o'clock, and we'll have our Christmas morning worship service. Communion will be served at, at our Christmas Day worship service. And come to all those, and as a family, let's just celebrate together the birth of Christ um, and, and just begin the process of singing, right? Doing it all in song um, as we uh, shape the rafters of our church, and maybe even our community. I think that's everything. Bible study is in, wow, 30 minutes. You have time to, to talk and visit, have coffee and whatever else we have back there today, today and stuff. And see a face you haven't seen? Welcome them or say hi to them. Hi, Rachel. Last but late to the party, Rachel.
Thanks for the warning. That's on YouTube. Yep. It's by the series Chosen. They're doing the whole Bible in, I think, they're year three of the process. So. Yeah. Questions? Comments? Cheers? Yay. Celebrate? No. <laughs> Wow. Um, again, th- this is, this is a, a time that should be really easy for all of us to share the love of Christ because all of us, for the most part, are lifted up just with the celebration of, of, of Christmas and as we come together as a church. Just take the message with you wherever you go. You know, just smile at people. Let them ask you, why are you so happy? And, and you get to tell them about Jesus because they asked the question, right? And you say Merry Christmas to everybody, right? You know, they may take that as Santa Claus coming to town. No, tell them Jesus is coming to town and uh, go with that. Let us go in peace and serve the Lord.